Did you know that from the very beginning, our public school system has been trying to remove God from the schools and instill collectivism while separating kids from their parents? It's true, and we're losing our kids to it. Buckle up, you guys. It's a bumpy ride to truth. This is the Heidi St. John podcast, and for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to talk about a battle for the heart, which is education in the 21st century. Jesus said in Luke 6:40 that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. And I have said many times over the years that as Christians, we need to grasp the important nature of the battle of the battle that's being waged for the hearts and minds of our kids. And several weeks ago, I had the opportunity to give a talk to a whole bunch of people with my friend Ken Ham at a church in my hometown of Battleground, Washington. And I titled it Battle for the Heart, Education in the 21st Century, because that's exactly what we're facing. We are facing a battle for the heart and minds of our kids. And we know that our kids are being taught every single day ideas that are contrary to the founding of our nation. We know that the ideas are being that are being taught to our kids are foundational to who they are because education shapes the heart of the one who is learning. That's the whole point. It's the it's the passing on from one generation to the next of generational wisdom. And when you have a generation that's not teaching wisdom, you're going to find that you've got a generation of students who is unwise. And that's exactly what's happening on our college campuses right now. That's what's happening in our secondary schools and even our elementary schools here in the United States. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to take you through the history of the United States education system. And I think this is generally true across Europe as well, and make a case for why I believe that the schools are not as broken as we would, as people would like you to believe. I think they're doing exactly what they were designed to do. But if we believe the Bible, if we take Jesus at his word, and we, we know that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher, it just begs the question, who is teaching our kids? Most parents don't really know who's teaching their child. They don't know what's going on in the life of that teacher that's coming to school and influencing their child seven or eight hours out of every day. They're not sure what the worldview is that that teacher brings to the classroom. But we know one thing for sure. Education is not neutral. Alex Newman, who is a superhero, as far as I'm concerned, in the field of uh, uncovering the roots of our public school education system, said this, standardized tests show Americans are getting dumber and dumber with each passing year. And polls now consistently show that more than half of young Americans today prefer socialism over freedom. This is obviously not sustainable, at least if the United States is going to survive as a free society, and it's also not an accident. To solve the crisis, it's essential to have an understanding of where the public schools came from and what existed prior to their establishment. After all, before the proliferation of government schools, Americans were the best educated people on the planet. Just consider the Founding Fathers and the Federalist Papers to get a sense of the level of education that once prevailed in America. The history of how the government was able to take over and the characters behind that effort is almost incredible. Much of that shadowy story, though, is barely known today, even among educational experts. And that's a problem and potentially an existential threat. When examined honestly, the history of public education and a study of the key men who laid the foundations for the system that now exists reveals a long-term plan by utopians to totally reshape humanity and civilization along collectivist lines. 
This agenda has been remarkably successful thus far, as the polling data show. This is a war for the hearts and minds of the next generation. The question is simply, will we show up to fight it? I want to take you on a little walk down through memory lane. A lot of you are going to be familiar already with some of the key players. Many of you may already know of Horace Mann and John Dewey. These two socialist luminaries are almost universally credited with having created the modern education system that we now know as public schooling here in the United States. But the real story of education and the government's involvement in it can be traced to a long-forgotten communist commune in Indiana called New Harmony. It had an eccentric founder, and his name was Robert Owen. Owen was a Welsh utopian, and he rejected both Christianity and the laws of private property. In fact, he rejected a lot of what the United States was founded on. We hold our private property rights very dear here in America. And in 1825, Robert Owen bought an entire town. It was called Harmony, Indiana, and he renamed it New Harmony. It was supposed to show the world that collectivism was superior to individualism and far superior was socialism to capitalism. Like many other communist experiments of the 20th century, his experiment in New Harmony was an absolute disaster, albeit not as bloody as the socialist experiments of later years. Within two years of its establishment, though, everyone knew that New Harmony had been a total failure. The failure to have his experiment take root may be seen as a victory for those of us who appreciate the common sense values that America was founded on, but the socialist ideas of Robert Owen that he planted in New Harmony had taken root in the United States. He is quoted as saying, to train and educate the rising generation will at all times be the first object of society to which every other will be subordinate. Robert Owen, as you may have guessed, was absolutely fixated on education. Just like Karl Marx would claim decades later, those who followed Robert Owens believed that all that was needed were government schools that would take over child-rearing from the earliest possible ages. And so this became their sole focus, to separate a student from their parent and replace the voice of authority from the parent to the state. In Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20, the Bible says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. And in fact, the Bible teaches and most Christians believe in the uh, theological idea of original sin, meaning we are all sinful. But that's not what Robert Owens believed. Contrary to scripture, he believed that people were inherently good and that any fault in an adult was almost certainly the result of their upbringing, not of their nature. He also believed that collectivist education would help create what would later become known as the new Soviet man. Owen boldly stated, and I quote, It follows that every state to be well governed ought to direct its chief attention to the formation of character and that the best governed state would be that which possesses the best national system of education. Is this sounding familiar to any of you? The fact that we still believe in this country that education is neutral means that we don't understand that the system of education as it exists today was created on purpose with a purpose. And that purpose was to separate children from their parents and make them effectively wards of the state. Long before the horrific communist slaughters and genocides of the 20th century, Owen and his ideas found enthusiastic supporters among segments of the American elite. 
One of Owen's early disciples was a man named Orestes Brownson. Today, we would call him a member of the cultural elite. Brownson was a New England writer and an editor who became totally dedicated to the cause. The great object, he said, was to get rid of Christianity. He wrote this in a book called The Oration on Liberal Studies and went on to say, quote, The plan was not to make open attacks on religion, although we might belabor the clergy and bring them into contempt where we could, but rather to establish a system of state. We said national schools from which all religion was to be excluded, in which nothing was to be taught but such knowledge as is verifiable by the senses and to which all parents were later to be compelled by law to send their children. It's foolishness for us to believe. It's foolishness for us to believe that there is any such thing as a school system or a system of education, be it secondary or primary or even into the collegiates, that is void of a worldview. We all come with a particular point of view in mind. Nothing is neutral. Today, of course, it's the norm that Christianity has been removed from our schools, but back in the mid to 1800s, it would have been inconceivable to average people. The first element of the plan, Brownson revealed, was to establish a system of government-controlled schools. They found great success in advancing government schools, and in less than a century, government education proliferated across the United States. As you guys have heard me say many times, I used to be very soft on the topic of education, even as a homeschool advocate and a homeschool mom. I would be found often saying, you know what, it's really up to the parent. It doesn't really matter. You know, homeschool, public school, private school, it doesn't really matter. But it was because I did not yet have an understanding of the power of education and why it is so important. And it is repeatedly given to parents to bear the responsibility for making sure that their children are educated in righteousness and educated in the truth. And early American schooling was absolutely dominated by homeschooling along with a free market education ecosystem. Outside of education at home, which is where most children learn to read, the landscape featured mostly schools run by churches and entrepreneurs, as well as private tutors. Many of America's founding fathers, such as James Madison, George Washington, Andrew Jackson, John Adams, and John Quincy Adams, just to name a few like the broader population, received most of their basic education at home. Even poor children could receive a formal education, and in this case, it was largely provided by churches and philanthropists. The Quakers, for example, ran schools that welcomed anyone, whether they could pay for them or not. Here at Firmly Planted Families, since the very beginning of our homeschool cooperative program and even now to the Homeschool Resource Center, we never turn anyone away for inability to pay. And I think that has been commonplace in Christian education for generations. Tax-funded K-12 through government schools as they exist today would have been absolutely inconceivable to Americans in the 1600s to the mid-1800s. Why? Because education without the Bible and without God would not have been just inconceivable to these people. It would have been unthinkable. It would have been an oxymoron. They understood that wisdom and the very foundations of our nation hinged on whether or not our children understood Judeo-Christian values. And yet long before government seized control over education, Americans were incredibly well-educated. Literacy data and vast amounts of anecdotal evidence from that era show that literacy levels were significantly higher in the mid to late 1700s than they are today. Modern studies on the subject confirm this. 
Most children learned to read at home before ever stepping foot in a formal school, and they did it using simple, cheap primers that were vastly superior to almost everything we use today when it comes to reading instruction. And then everything changed. An ambitious lawyer turned politician turned educational reformer with almost no experience as an educator came on the scene. He had grandiose ideas and messianic delusions that eventually see the complete restructuring of the entire education system in the United States. His name was Horace Mann. Many of you have heard of Horace Mann. Lots of elementary schools are named after him. He's an absolute hero to the National Educators Association, the woke and corrupt teachers union that is determining the agenda that is being pushed to our children in this modern age. Horace Mann is quoted as saying that the state is the father of children. As a politician in the state legislature in Massachusetts, Mann worked hard to expand the scope and the size of the government across all fields. And by the mid-1830s, the educational reformer was ready to advance big government in the United States in an unprecedented manner, the total takeover of education by the state. With a governor friendly to their ideas in place, Mann and his wealthy backers launched their transformative education plan in 1837. This included setting up a state board of education, the first in America, that would oversee education throughout the Commonwealth. Mann was chosen to serve as the board's first secretary. The Owen-inspired Prussian system captured the imagination of Mann and his wealthy associates. These men were mostly Harvard-educated elites who were increasingly abandoning the Orthodox Christianity that had defined early America in favor of liberal Unitarian and secular ideas about man and nature. They had an obsession with reforming man and society in their own image. And largely due to Horace Mann, the United States ended up adopting the Prussian model of education. Our current education system is born of Prussia's military failings in the Napoleonic Wars. The German kingdom developed an education system designed to indoctrinate children year by year from age 6 to age 16 into full compliance with the state and its military leaders. The point was, bluntly, to ensure that no German soldier would ever disobey an order again. And if we could never see this before, we absolutely saw this during COVID, didn't we? We saw that our students in our universities would absolutely obey without much hesitation at all or even questioning the orders that came down from people like Anthony Fauci. No one was interested in doing their homework. It was enough that an order came down from a government institution. The system is working in the United States exactly how it was designed to work in Germany. And in Germany, the system was working. To the world's horror, German soldiers and citizens, despite growing up in what seemed like a liberal democracy, a socialist liberal democracy, committed any atrocity asked of them during World War II. Funny thing is, Horace Mann was born into an impoverished Massachusetts family and was largely self-taught himself. He managed being self-taught to secure a place at Brown University. So just to recap a little bit so they understand who Horace Mann was. Many people call Horace Mann the father of the government education system in the United States. He worked to expand the size and scope of government in Congress. Horace Mann dreamed of an education system that would be overseen by big government. 
He set up the Board of Education in 1837 in Massachusetts. And like Owen, Horace Mann rejected the Bible and believed that education done, quote, correctly would lead to an American utopia. This led to the formation of what we now know as the Department of Education in 1979. Guys, so much of parenting can be summed up in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 7, which says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, we must first love God with everything that we have, and then we must demonstrate that love to the next generation. We as parents are the ones who are responsible for making sure our children are educated in righteousness. My friend Ken Ham rightly says that the new government school systems of this century are anti-God. And sometimes people cringe at that. What do you mean they're anti-God? Well, Jesus said it himself. If you are not for me, you are against me. So let me ask you a question. Is today's government school system for God? Absolutely not. We know that our government school system is not only absolutely not for God, it has set himself against him in almost every area conceivable. We know that our public schools are pushing ideologies that are contrary to the word of God. We know that our public school system now for decades has been teaching our children that they're nothing more than an animal, an accident of nature, promoting evolution as if it were fact instead of theory, and absolutely refusing to teach alongside it creationism. As a result, we have watched hundreds of thousands of young people coming out of these schools walking away from the Lord. Now, it's not a guarantee that if we homeschool our kids, they will walk with the Lord. And in fact, I could sit here for a long time and tell you stories of parents who homeschooled their kids only to have the kids turn around and walk away from God. But it definitely makes sure that we have what the school system has now for generations done to parents and to families. And that is to give us back the gift of time, the opportunity to shepherd our children and to train them in righteousness. I love that my friend Kirk Cameron several weeks ago said on this show that the transfer of wisdom to our children is not just a data transfer. It's not just a head-to-head transfer. It is a heart-to-heart transfer. And that is exactly what we're being taught in Deuteronomy. When we walk along the way, when we rise up, and when we lie down, we are responsible to be training our children in the ways of the Lord. As a woman who never planned on homeschooling her kids, and you guys, listen, I could sit here all day long and tell you about bad days I had homeschooling my kids. I can tell you about meltdowns. I can tell you about math curricula that didn't work and weeks in which I thought, why am I even doing this? But one thing is for certain. I will never regret the fact that my husband and I, over 25 years ago, decided to pull our daughter out of the government school system and bring her home. Our decision to take her out of the government school system and to never allow our other children to ever set foot in a public school was very much directed by the Holy Spirit once we understood the power of education. The reason I'm teaching you guys and talking so much about our government education system is that I want you to understand that the schools are doing exactly what they are designed to do. Our schools are teaching our children to be disciples of a secular university system that has been set up hundreds of years ago to do exactly what it's doing today. There is a global effort that's coming from the United Nations and from China to build a single world system 
where individual liberty will be abolished. And that is absolutely happening as we undermine the principles of a free market society and teach socialism, which is responsible for so many of the evils around the world, to our children as if it were good. We shouldn't be surprised when we send our children to secular institutions and they come out secularized. Mom and dad, the responsibility for educating your children rests with you. And I believe that the Lord will hold us responsible for how we shepherd this generation. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering, homeschooling doesn't mean that we are responsible to teach our children algebra and chemistry and pre-algebra and all the things. It means that we are responsible. We know who is teaching our children and we make sure that the people who are teaching our children are training our children in righteousness. And so, for example, in my house, that looks like working with some wonderful women over the years to make sure my kids got through all of their math programs all the way through high school. It doesn't mean that you teach everything. It means that you're responsible to make sure that who is teaching your children are people that honor and serve the Lord. The Bible says that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. The first teacher that your kids are ever going to have, mom and dad, is you. And so it begs the question, are our children going to walk with the Lord based on the example that we're giving them? We know that we can't pass on what we don't possess. And tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish uh, teaching on the history of the public school. We're going to talk a little bit about John Dewey and sort of bring it right up to the present day model that we have employed here in the United States. Our system of education is absolutely damaging our kids. And trust me when I say the time is short. We do not have the opportunity right now to turn the schools around. We must instead exit these schools and bring our children back home. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Heidi St. John. You found me at the Heidi St. John podcast. Come back tomorrow. I'm going to finish this series and I would love to hear from you. You can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and reach out to me that way. You can also leave reviews for the show wherever podcasts are available. Again, I'd love to hear from you. You can find out more about our ministry at firmlyplantedfamily.org. You can click on the Homeschool Resource Center and find out about what we are doing to help rescue kids from the public school system and support the family unit as God designed it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.